Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Today on Accent of Women, we speak to author Laura Einack. Her latest book is a culturally specific story in the young adult fiction genre about cultural conflict. It's called Unspoken Rules and is being released on the 17th of September. Over 30% of Australians are born overseas today, constantly walking the cultural tightrope between their home country and Australian identities. Unspoken Rules follows the two lives of 17-year-old Natalie. At home, Natalie's life is governed by the rules of her Syrian Orthodox Christian background. At school, she's the Syrian girl who never goes to parties. This cultural tightrope is all too familiar for author Laura, who immigrated to Australia when she was four years old. I had the opportunity to speak with Laura and here's that conversation. So your book is called Unspoken Rules. It's a beautiful little book about two sisters mostly and their experiences growing up in a Syrian Orthodox community here in Melbourne. Firstly, you tell me what prompted you to write this book and, and what can you tell me about the themes that the book explores? Okay, I'll start with um, the reason behind writing the book. Um, outside of the fact that I'm a writer and I love writing, before this book I um, wrote mainly junior fiction and picture books. And this is my first young adult novel and what prompted this was... Um, my mother got very ill uh, four or five years ago. Um, she has a smoker's disease called COPD. Um, and I think one way that I tried to cope with it was um, writing down how I felt about it. And I realised in that process that I didn't know her very well. Um, and she wasn't someone that talked a lot about herself or her life or you know, she wasn't a a chatty kind of mum. So I started writing this as a way to get to know her. And, um, and, uh, you know, I haven't based my mama character on her a great deal outside of the fact that my mum was very different to other women in the culture that she was in and struggled a little bit with, with not fitting a particular mold. And so, and uh, pretty soon this story developed and I kind of built some characters. I was like, oh, I wonder where this will go. And it ended up leading to Unspoken Rules. Well, as I said, it's a beautiful little book. Um, It follows the story of Natalie and Misha, two sisters in a Syrian family, and their experiences in their social group, in their uh, particular ethnic and religious community, and their relationship with their parents. Um, I felt like I could really relate to this book as well. And and you've made a reference in it in... um, in the story, uh, when the, when Natalie is at school, a reference to another book called Growing Up Asian in Australia. Um, and Natalie talks about the fact that while she's not Asian, she can absolutely relate to some of the um, cultural differences between Syrian and Australian. Do, do you think that mo- many, many people from different cultures are going to be able to relate to some of the themes in this book? 
Um, I absolutely hope so, and I believe so as well. I think it's not, although the book is um, specifically about the Syrian culture, I think there are things in there that can relate to a lot of different people from different cultural backgrounds and that balance that they have to negotiate every day between their life at home, which is often very different to their life at school. And Alice Pong does a really wonderful job of painting that Asian culture. And you can see, you know, even people of an Asian ethnic background struggle with the same kind of issues that, you know, Syrians do or Muslims do or any other culture might. Well, let's look at some of those themes because, I, I mean, the themes that you've explored in this book are the things that the listenership of Accent of Women deal with all the time. So one of them is because these are young women, school-aged women, um, the, the strictness of what we would call ethnic parents, so that idea that you can't go to parties, you can't have sleepovers, and that feeling of how unreasonable your parents feel, your parents seem when um, they won't let you do things that the other kids at school are doing. Yeah, um, yeah, that's certainly there. And uh, look, I, you know, Natalie's character is very frustrated by that and doesn't understand why her her parents are that on her but uh, you know as a parent myself now I look back because uh, my parents were a little bit strict well they were quite strict with me with parties and definitely no sleepovers I can see why they did it now but I wish they had explained that to me then instead of just saying no you're not gonna go it's like but why I remember just always saying to my mother but why and she would always just say because and um, you know I'm, I'm kind of in a situation with my children now and uh, you know, I um, I want don't want them to have the same whys. I always kind of say from the beginning, this is why I'm going to say no and these are the reasons for it. Well, I feel like you've been able to capture these experiences incredibly accurately and it's it does leave me with the question, is there, I mean, there must be similarities between the characters in the book and your life experience. Are you from, what is your cultural background and what was growing up like for you? Um, look, there are definitely similarities and I am an Assyrian um, Christian Orthodox person and I immigrated here to Australia when I was young and um, I have two elder sisters and we all um, had a lot of cultural conflicts growing up. And so I was able to really bring that into the book because I've personally experienced it and there's nothing like personal experience to help you really understand um, uh, like the the behaviours and the reasoning behind characters you might put in the book. Um, You know, I haven't personally had the same conflicts that Natalie or Misha uh, do or the the parents do in in the book, but... If I didn't personally have similar things like that, I know of people that did. And so I was able to build that out in my characters. But I also, you know, imagined some of it too. So it's a big mesh of everything. You bring out the um, gossiping community very, very well, not in a way that denigrates the community, but in in my experience kind of really captures what that feels like. You know, that small community mentality, you can't do anything, you can't make a mistake without having everybody talk about it and your dirty laundry being aired. Um, I... 
I've thought about this a lot because for me it's very much a, oh, Arabs are so gossipy. And as I got older and got more political, I wondered if I had some internalised racism about that. And whether it's just small communities, you know, whether it's in the country or something like that, um, tend to gossip and, and that it's not particular to Arabs. Did any of those thoughts cross your mind in, in creating that community in this book? Um, it did, and I wanted to paint um, what it, it is like in that community, but I also wanted to show that it's not exclusive to that community. You're right, like it is in all sorts of communities. I know that um, a lot of friends who've got children um, attending primary school find that that primary school community is quite gossipy as well. So it's not even just culture, but it's small groups or small communities that tend to be, I guess, a bit, a little bit too interested in what each other is doing um, and hence that kind of gossipy environment kind of is created. You, you also draw on um, an issue that I think a lot of women, young women uh, in the, well, particularly the Middle Eastern or Arab community because that's what I can relate to the most, grapple with, and that's the kind of expectations that our parents put on us, this expectation that at the same time that we're going to study and get really good marks and excel at school and, and be the best in the class and go to the best university and do a course that is uh, something that can be promoted and um, boasted about in the community, that even despite all of that and making heaps of money when you get your first job, that what your ultimate job is in this world is to find somebody, marry them, and, and marry someone that is smarter than you so you can't possibly intimidate somebody with your intellect. Marry someone and have babies and that is your fate and your future. It's, yeah. such, a, it's such a theme in this book and it was really, um, it was so real for me as I was reading it because that was certainly my experience growing up. I mean, and you, you created the anguish of young women, that youthful wanting to be free. You created that so well in this book. I mean, I'd like to hear you talk more about that. Firstly, thank you, Giselle. It's really lovely that you've, I guess, understood the work the way I wanted it to be understood, and that's really, really lovely. Um, In terms of, I guess, you know, um, being pushed to excel at school, uh, you're right, it's very much there. And then um, there's this kind of cap they kind of it's the okay you can only go so far but cap it and you know it's hard um to i guess deal with that because you know in one way you're told or all the characters are told do well at school but you can only do well within this kind of situation so no more than that and in my characters you know natalie wants to do a lot with her life and her family are really keen for her to do well, but only within certain parameters and nothing more than that. And she's really, you know, one of her, I guess, um, one of the big parts of the story is her pushing against that or her wanting more than she she feels she's allowed to do and, and be. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was really lucky on a personal level because my, my father... Uh, he grew up very poor in Turkey and wasn't um, able to go to school. So what he wanted more than anything, and the reason he came, one of the reasons he came here to Australia was to give us the opportunity 
being all girls, um, to do as well as we could in life. And he just put no caps or no restrictions on where or, or how high we could climb. And I absolutely love that about my parents. I think they're a really forefront in that kind of thinking. Um, although they weren't forefront in every kind of thinking in, that, in, in terms of education, career and advancement, they saw no limits for us girls. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. I'm speaking with author Laura Einack, who has written a young adult fiction story called Unspoken Rules about the cultural tightrope that many children of immigrant families walk in Australia. And your book is called Unspoken Rules, and I wanted to look at that a little bit because um, there, there are rules that we all know about that you know, actually just never get said, but you know the minute you start to breach them that, you know, there's going to be hell to pay. And some of them are some general concepts, I would call them, about cultural modesty, like what you look like, what you wear, your makeup shouldn't be too tarty, your clothes shouldn't be too tight, but they shouldn't be too baggy. You know, again, with that makeup thing, not too much, but not nothing because you want to look like you're making a little bit of an effort. All of these rules and constraints that really um, basically hold you in a cage as you're growing up as a a young woman in this cultural environment. Tell me a little bit about, yeah, if you could explore those themes a bit more. Yeah, you know, it's odd and Giselle, you'll know yourself. No one ever tells you they're the rules, but somehow you know them and they're so complex and there's so many like... But in this scenario, it's like this. But then in another scenario, you've got to do that. And it's like, where is this book? Where is this rule book? But you know you know it, you know, the whole whole time. And um, whether it's, you know, watching behaviours or being told off as you grow up and just understanding that that's not what's okay, you, you get them. And I, I called it unspoken rules because there are just so many in every culture has them, I'm sure of it. Um, but there seems to be a lot in, you know, the Syrian culture, uh, particularly for women, and a lot of it is around modesty, you know, what you wear, how you wear it. Um, you know, I know uh, you're one of the things that um, you've probably um, picked up on in the book is the concept of virginity or not not um, uh, having sex before marriage, and that's a, a big one. Um, and that... And one of my frustrations growing up and the frustration my character in the book, Natalie, feels is why is that okay for boys but not okay for girls? And she never gets an answer to that because there probably isn't a fair answer anyway. Um, But I wanted to explore as many of those unspoken rules as I could, but there are so many that I I couldn't possibly cover them in one book. The way that you've written this, though, is... Because this is the this is the the fabric of our lives, so all of these pieces play a part in forming who we are and how we relate to the outside world. Exactly, yeah, they do, and they're not all bad either. Um, you know, I think uh, those rules um, that we speak about, they also um, there's a positive element to it, and I'll try and explain how that is, and that is that you, uh, I think you place a pretty high value on your physical self as well uh, because you know there are these rules. If you choose 
to break them, you don't break them lightly either. And I'm I'm not sure if I'm explaining myself properly, but in in the case of virginity, it's like if you if you choose to have sex before marriage, it would not be a decision taken lightly, and it wouldn't be with just anyone. It would definitely be with someone you value or you love a lot. Um, so sometimes those rules um, can have a positive impact as well, and obviously there's a negative end of it too because then if you go ahead and you break that rule and you have sex before marriage, there's so much guilt and worry and fear that you might get found out for having, you know, followed your heart instead of stuck to the rules. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot to it. It's so complicated and there's so many layers that uh, sometimes even I'm kind of tr- still now trying to figure it all out. Well, what I like about it is the uh, the book and the way that you've written is actually the complexity of it. You know, you've got this young woman who is rebelling against the norms of her culture. So this is Natalie and she's really grappling with, well, why does our culture say this? And, you know, all of these things are unfair and I want to break out for all of these reasons. And then she has this friend, this Australian friend who is also open-minded and what we would call liberated and so on. And she, this young woman, has a sexual encounter before she's married and with somebody that she barely knows. Don't worry, listeners, that happens very early in the book, so I'm not ruining anything for anyone. But Natalie starts to grapple with that. And it's yeah. like this culture is has become a part of her by osmosis and she has these values that she doesn't even know that she has. She has these reactions that, you know, seem very old and traditional, yet she has those reactions. They are a part of who she is. Correct. That's right. And, and um, you know, when you're so deep in a culture and you're surrounded by it, it's inevitable that it should become, as you said, a part of the fabric of who you are. And, um, you know, Natalie, like you said, doesn't react. Uh, she reacts a bit old school to what happens with, with Caitlin. And part of the journey, her journey in the book is trying to understand why she's reacted that way. And um, I wanted to really build that in because culture is a part of absolutely everything in our life, like the food we eat, the way we speak, the way we talk to people. It's just the more I think about it, the more I read about it, the more I realise just how big it really is. And no matter how liberated you think you are from the you know the culture that you grew up in, there's parts of it that will always come out um, in many ways. You know, like... In my home, I'm very much about eating good food. You know, I don't, um, I don't like the idea of having toaster sandwiches for dinner. There's nothing wrong with that, but for me, that's not dinner because for me, growing up, dinner was nice, hot, hearty food, and so I make sure that I have that for my family too. Um, and you know, my, my my husband is Australian, and he's like, there's nothing wrong with a toaster sandwich for dinner. I'm like. I know there isn't, but for me, it just doesn't feel right because I just didn't grow up with that. So you can see that even in some basic things, it's really deep-seated. Uh, you know, it just it, it can't help but to come out in so many ways. And for Natalie, it's like this jarring experience um, where she questions herself, like, why did I react that way? And tries to understand that throughout the story. 
Well, you just mentioned another taboo that I wanted to pick up on, and that is the um, the issue of marrying outside of your culture. Um, so you mentioned that your husband is Australian, and that is one element of the themes that this particular book explores when Natalie develops some feelings, some affections for a young guy in her class who is not definitely not Syrian and probably Australian and dealing with how she's going to you know share that with the community and even if that's a taboo she's allowed to cross yep yeah um that's certainly a big one you know in any in any culture is that is that breaking out of um what's expected in terms of who you marry and um, obviously, you know it. You know, 35 years ago, um, when you know, when I first came to Australia, it just wasn't done. We all, like everyone in the Syrian community, married within the Syrian community. Um, and 35 years on, you know, you look around and there's pe- there's Syrian people that are married to Asians or Africans, or in my case, an Australian. Um, and it's a lot more acceptable now, but there was a process um, that some of, I guess, the, um, the trailblazers, I guess, in the community had to go through, and that was like breaking that norm. And it, uh, you know, and it wasn't easy to break the norm. And I think, you know, one of the things I try to show in my book and in my characters is sometimes an issue is bigger than you think it is. Uh, it's not as big as you think it is. Um, and uh, you know, in, in my personal life, I was so frightened to um, introduce my uh, boyfriend at the time to my parents because I was like, "Oh my God, what are they going to say about this?" And they were totally fine with it. But the pains and the fears I went through before I had the courage to introduce um, him to them was crazy mad. Like it was just so big in my head, and. It, wa- it wasn't such a big deal um, because my parents were like, he seems like a good guy, he's from a good family, we're okay with it. And I remember thinking, oh, why do I make such a big deal of it? Um, uh, but I think, I mean, I spoke about my parents a little bit earlier and they were a little bit more modern. It doesn't work that way for everybody and it hasn't worked that way for everybody. I know with some cultures, marrying outside of the community is a much bigger and much more serious deal than it was for me. Um, but yeah, you're right, you know, and some cultures it's still taboo and some cultures have completely, you know, assimilated and they're all good with it. Um, and in some cultures, I know my friend, um, I've got some Indian friends, it's uh, really looked favorably upon to marry outside of the community. So it goes in all sorts of ways. And if I could say that one of the underlying themes throughout all of these different um, issues that you're dealing with and covering in the book is this idea of following your heart, figuring out what your heart wants and pursuing that and what the consequences are for yourself and your happiness if you don't follow your own heart. Yeah. I think this is the most important theme in the book for me and and it's an important theme in my own life as well. So that's in one way that I've put a lot of my heart into this book is to really push that message across um, because, um, you know, I'm someone that listens very carefully to what my heart tells me to and it's never wrong. 
but there are so many ways in which you can doubt yourself and so many ways people around you can make you doubt yourself where you can make a decision that goes against what your heart's really telling you to do. And I, and I personally think that the, when you stray from that, that voice inside you it is where things can go off track in your life. And um, I, you know, I, I would love everybody in the whole world to be, have the freedom to follow um, their heart in terms of that, you know, who they love and who they marry, but also what they do with their life and um, the choice, every single choice they make. Um, I'd love them to be free to make the choice according to what their heart tells them to do rather than feel pressured to make decisions according to other people or situation around them. Well, the book is being released on the 17th of September. Uh, it's called Unspoken Rules. How can people get a copy of it? Um, you can go to my wonderful publisher's website, which is riza, R-H-I-Z-A.com.au. Um, Amazon has it. Uh, Booktopia has it. Um, so there's some online channels there that you can get it or go into your bookstore, local bookstore and ask for it and hopefully they'll have it there as well. And if there's a piece of advice you could give to young bucking authors out there, especially young women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds that might want to document their particular struggles with these issues, what would you say to them? I'd say absolutely go for it. Um, you know, the achievement is not necessarily in having a book published, but in getting your feelings down on paper so that you can see them more clearly. I think, I mean, for me, when I write things down, things make better sense than when they're churning up or mixed in my head. So um, go for it and persevere and um, take it as far as you want to take it. That was Laura Einack, author of Unspoken Rules. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.